0: Half Size Me episode 440, brought to you by the Half Size Me community. To join us and get the support you need, go to halfsizeme.com forward slash join. Here's your story, let's begin. The water's fine, come on, dive in. The future's here, it's right before your eyes. Step, you're on your way, you're welcome to a brighter day Don't you know it feels good to be alive You could be larger than life, bigger than the world Living out the hopes and dreams of every boy and every girl You could fly higher than the sky, shine brighter than the stars You could have all you ever wanted, show the moon and reach for Mars You know you could Hello and welcome back to the Half Size Me Show. I am your host, Heather. And as always, it is a privilege for me to be here with you. Thank you so much for tuning in each and every week. I really do appreciate each and every one of you. I get great emails. I get wonderful reviews. And I just want to say that, honestly, when we started all this together in 2012, I had no idea we'd be doing this for eight years, but it has been amazing. Now, today I have a great interview for you. I have Janine on, and she had started to really become aware of her weight when she was a kid. She shares how she struggled with binging, purging, fasting, and struggled with trying to find something that would work for her. She tried everything, slim fast, Weight Watchers. She would lose the weight, gain it back. She tried intuitive eating, lots of different things. And finally, what she figured out was that she had to begin with where she was without judgment and focus on small habit change. You're going to hear this over and over again on the Half Size Me show. (laughs) People who really get successful with weight loss and keeping it off are focusing on changing these habits permanently. The way that you eat, the way that you move your body, supports you being the weight you currently are. If you want that to change over time, if you wanna influence your weight over time, it's gonna come down to what Janine and I end up talking about, which is habit change for the long haul. Now, if you wanna bring more positive, awesome action into your life, you need to join the Half Size Me community. We are actually this week (laughs) starting our 30 day challenge of awesome action. And I love, love, love this challenge. It's very unique in that it's not about just weight loss specifically. It's really just about doing awesome action every day for 30 days and seeing how that positively impacts you. Whether it's paying for the coffee of the person behind you in line, whether it's writing a love letter or a kind letter to somebody you haven't talked to in a while, we're filling your day with positive things. And I think right now, Under the current situation, I just had a coaching client leave me a message saying, you know, I'm finally getting that this whole COVID thing, this whole self-quarantining, wearing masks, life not going back to normal, really is the new normal. And how do I deal with that? How do I make peace with this idea that the life I knew before is not coming back right away? And I think the way that we have to think differently about this is, actually intentionally going out of our way right now to find ways to bring more positivity in, to make our days better, to focus on what we have control over. Taking positive action and honestly giving ourselves permission to not just grieve what we've lost, but also give us the permission to enjoy and find new things with our new normal that we enjoy. Giving ourselves permission to explore and try different things or becoming comfortable with doing actions and behaviors that maybe we've never thought about before because we haven't had to. So it's really allowing yourself to have a paradigm shift. So to join us in the community, getting in on the 30-day challenge, go to halfsizeme.com forward slash join. I really want to see you in the Half Size Me community this week, jumping into the awesome action 30-day challenge. Bring positive action into your life it will only make you feel better it will only add quality to your life it won't detract and it will make you think about things totally differently and i always tell people if your mind transforms your body will follow we ultimately fixate on our body which is visible and external but if you're thinking about everything the same way it won't be permanent if you want permanent change you have to change from the inside out I think you're going to totally enjoy this interview with Janine. Have a great week and I'll be back with you next Monday. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I have a lovely guest on with us today. I miss Janine. She is a community member. She has lost weight and is currently in her journey. And she has agreed to come on and share her journey with us. So Janine, I'd love for you to say hello to everybody. And then we're going to kind of learn a little bit more about you. Hello, everybody. So I've had a chance to read your bio. I've seen your postings and things of that nature, but this is the first exposure many of the listeners are having with you and your story. So could you take us back in time to when you can recall your weight starting to become an issue or even your body image maybe becoming more of the issue?
1: Well, this is kind of a sad story. I didn't know whether I wanted to tell it or not, but uh, I was about eight years old. And up to that point, I felt pretty good about my body. I played sports and And everything and uh, one time I was playing with the neighborhood kids and this family uh, I don't know I always heard the adults talking about them maybe you know the kids were neglected or or they were outside you know without the proper clothes on or whatever and uh, and that that just adds to the backstory of what I'm going to tell you because I was playing with one of the the girls and I fell on her and she broke her collarbone and and the mother came out of the house screaming at me and called me fat and said that I was so fat that I had broken her daughter's bone
0: Hmm. and
1: and that was the first time it sounds so dramatic and it really was but that was the first time that I thought I'm fat I'm big you know I actually broke someone's bone and it didn't help that that they never had it fixed. They never went to the hospital. And she walked around like that for as long as I can remember oh. with her broken collarbone. So kind oh, of Oh, that's
0: story. traumatic, I mean, for you at that age. Because one, that's a huge burden to carry on your shoulders, the belief that you broke this kid's collarbone, right? When it could have been a number of factors that played into it. And for some adult to come out and blame you like that, and then for the adult to not do the correct adult thing and get it fixed, and then it's this feeling of... I'm sure as a kid, you're just like wanting it to be resolved and done. Right. And it's just perpetually there. So how did your parent not to diverge from that, but how did your parents take that information and, and how was it handled at home?
1: That's interesting because I don't remember the mother even telling my mother. I think I held it inside. I think it was mine alone. I don't think I told my mom. And like I said, there was something going on in that house. I don't know what was going on, but she never told my mom Mm. and I never told my mom. So I don't know.
0: So you're carrying this burden on your shoulders. You're now seeing your body differently than you had before the incident. And then what ended up transpiring after that was it you maybe trying to pursue losing weight or changing your body or was it one of those things where that was not to come for a while
1: well I noticed at that point I started looking around and I noticed that my friends were smaller and that I was a little chubby and I started to notice pictures of myself from softball pictures and that I was chubbier and um And I did talk to my mom about it. She was always pretty positive. And I talked to her and she said, oh, when you hit puberty, everything will be okay." Well, when I hit puberty, I grew a lot taller than everybody else. (laughs) So I was not only I felt big and I felt heavy. And all of my friends, I'm almost five foot eight. And all of my friends were probably like five foot four, or five foot two. And for some weird reason, I tried to fit into their clothes. And then that would only reinforce the fact that I was big.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. so. And honestly, I've interviewed a lot of people now where this issue with height and girls comes up often where it's not even necessarily a weight related thing. It's more just your perception of your body in comparison to other girls your age and if you were to go through that transition a little bit earlier you know and you shoot up a little bit quicker it makes you kind of the I don't want to say the odd one out but that's kind of how you feel right right okay so you're struggling in that way now I'm assuming weight adjusted with with the height increase
1: yeah it did I definitely lost weight I slimmed out but again I felt bigger than everybody Um, and then That's when I started using like sort of uh, not eating as a way to control things in my life. So I started to to do some fasting. I did some binging and purging and and I just really felt like a sense of control over things at that point.
0: Okay, so a sense of control. How old were you when all that was going on?
1: I would say around 14, around 13, 14 at this point. Yeah.
0: Okay. So 13, 14, you're starting those behaviors. And at that time, no doubt, you probably didn't think that was, I'm assuming you didn't know that that would be like eating disorder type territory.
1: No, I'd never heard of eating disorders and um, it was maybe on an ABC after school special or something, but right. <laughs> I, was in that, I was in that era, you know, but yeah, let's uh, cover all the
0: very important things in 45 minutes or less and, and, and cover all those social <laughs> issues. OK, so so you're struggling with us at 13, 14, which, you know, for a lot of girls, that, especially from our age demographic, that's a normal time for most girls to start to check those things out. Uh, To become more body aware And to go through this process So after that You go into high school Or you're you're just starting high school And was this a behavior you sustained All the way through Or was there maybe some red flags That went off to make your parents aware And that they stepped in
1: No, I mean I I just didn't talk to My parents were not together And I didn't talk to my mom about it um, At all so she just assumed that I had lost the weight and that I was okay because she worked and she really, you know, wasn't paying that much attention really to my weight. And I didn't really lose a tremendous amount of weight after puberty. I, I sort of probably maintained it but I had to do that by bingeing and purging and starving and trying to have this balance but I hit it well I suppose.
0: Okay. So. All right. So then you get through high school, you go into college and these behaviors were still there.
1: Uh, yeah, and and I it really at that point I stopped. I really wasn't purging at that point. I had gone my sister and I I have a half sister around the same age and we were vegetarians for a long time and basically we would just stay up at night and fantasize it but not about our future lives or about our dreams but we would talk about meals that we would eat if we could eat (laughs) We, we literally fantasized about wow I'd love to have a hamburger I'd really like to have fries but we just we just didn't eat much all through that time we just we didn't we were in the habit of not eating much probably dangerously low I remember my hair was thinner, you know, I I wasn't healthy, but I was thin. And therefore people could look at me and say, well, she's acceptable because she's thin. So Mm
0: -hmm. that's where I was. Yeah, and this is a good moment to just interject this. This is why it's really important because a lot of times people say to me, well, why do people not comment on my weight loss? They get very offended by that. You know why are people not doing it? And I remind people that there are those out there who are losing weight in a really not maintainable fashion. They're torturing themselves, they have an eating disorder, and so they feed off of that recognition right like oh my gosh people think I look great and I'm doing these horrible things to my body and that's why you know it's better to focus in my opinion it's better to focus on complimenting somebody on making healthy habit changes or doing some activities or behaviors that are noticeable because weight change and the reason a lot of people won't comment on it is they're afraid that that might feed that fire if you are in fact struggling with that and, and did you find that to be true for you
1: oh absolutely absolutely and my my dad god bless him is very looks conscious and my sister was a model a beautiful model and she (laughs) and so he was always very like focused on our looks always complimenting us and and always saying that oh you gained a little bit of weight you know and and that sort of thing too so we also had that going on
0: Right. Okay. So now at this point, you know, it sounds like the weight has adjusted, height is pretty well I'm a said assuming settled in. And at what point did you maybe realize that this the way that you had been going about it wasn't sustainable for you or was there a, a kind of a catalyst moment where you decided to start turning things around for yourself?
1: Well, after I got married, I remember I was expecting my son and I was sitting in the car with my husband and he was eating a Whopper and I hadn't had meat for years because, you know, back in the, the 90s, the whole thing was, you know, vegetarianism and you can eat all the carbs you want, but don't eat any meat or don't eat fat and that sort of thing. So I just smelled that Whopper and I was like, give me a bite of that. <laughs> So right. I took a bite of that Whopper and I put on a lot of weight in that pregnancy. I just ate. I ate everything that I had been fantasizing about for all those years and gained a lot of weight. And plus my son was 10 pounds. So uh, yeah, I, I ate a lot during that pregnancy and that's really when... I started gaining.
0: Okay. So you started gaining at that point. And then once you got done having your son, he's a little bit older. Was there a, a moment in which you decided to focus on weight loss?
1: I, yes. After, after he was born, I tried cause I was nursing and I, I thought I cared so much about him. So I didn't want to be unhealthy. So I, I knew that if I starved myself, then, then that wouldn't work. You know, I was, I was trying to be a good mom and I didn't want to do that. So I tried like slim fast. I think I might've joined weight watchers for the first time at that point. And, uh, I lost a little bit of weight and then I gained it back and, um, and then I think I think overall I joined Weight Watchers maybe four or five times until I finally lost the weight.
0: And so Weight Watchers was the program you stayed on to finish out losing the weight after your son, is that right?
1: Well, I didn't really lose it <laughs> right after. It took a while to say that I lost it on Weight Watchers. It was a combination of Weight Watchers, Slim Fast you know, I took some ephedra, you know, remember, it was legal to have ephedra at that point in Mm -hmm. time. (laughs) Sure. So I mean, I would use everything. And basically, to just to get down to that weight again, and then I gain it all back 40 pounds, lose it and gain it back.
0: And was there a moment where you realized that that was not a healthy, sustainable cycle, because if I'm not mistaken, you are a nurse by profession, correct? Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So was there a point at which you were like, you know, you know, like I have patients and I have to think about, you know, the the health of the body? Was there a moment where that maybe started to sink in a little bit or you started to think about it differently?
1: Oh, I wish I could say that in the last 20 years I did that, but honestly, I probably just thought about my health the last couple of years because I lost the weight two years ago, and one of the reasons was because my cholesterol was high. Even though I wasn't that overweight, I wasn't eating healthy, and um, I knew that I was headed for trouble. So really, it was just in the last couple of years that I was focusing on my health.
0: So one thing I wanted to make sure to ask you, because I have a lot of nurses. Actually, we have a lot of medical professionals who listen to the show. And one of the issues I see, and I've worked with nurses who work in emergency rooms and you know who, who work at hospitals, and it can be extremely difficult to eat well, you know, when you're in those work cycles. My question for you is, how did you when you lost this weight if you were still nursing, how did you find a way to eat appropriately while working?
1: Well, I wasn't working, actually. Oh, okay. (laughs) No, I I haven't. I haven't. In fact, I'm getting ready to go back to work. I've been taking a refresher course. So I wasn't working at that time. I was home with my kids. So,
0: Right. And in that environment, as you're going to be transitioning back in... What are your thoughts on how to balance that? Because I'm sure you've given it some thought now that you've lost the weight. You know, you are going to be going back into that environment. What are some of the pitfalls and what are some of the thoughts you have on how to navigate that for yourself?
1: Well, I think when you're under any kind of stress, especially working and nursing is a very difficult and stressful kind of job. It's very Correct. rewarding, but it's stressful. So I think you have a tendency like, uh, to have that crisis mentality. Like, I'm under a lot of stress, so I can let my health goals go at this point. So I think you have to be really mindful uh, going in, planning your meals, making sure you know what you're eating, taking your vitamins, getting that me time and exercise time uh, to support the days that you do have to be at the hospital or wherever.
0: Mm -hmm. So for you, it sounds like going with the appropriate amount of food, making sure you've got plenty of snacks, things of that nature. And then really, I'm hearing stress management, right? So this idea of maybe, you know, when you have some downtime, if you can do some kind of meditation planning in physical fitness to kind of relieve some of that stress. And what about your thought process? Because as a nurse, you brought up something really important. You said there's that crisis mode. And obviously, you need to be a certain level of engaged in that to be effective as a nurse because you want to move quickly, you want to help right? get all that stuff done. But there also probably needs to be a little bit more of that mindset of being able to detach emotionally from it to where you can be effective. I mean, if you're a big emotional mess, it would be really kind of hard to do your job effectively. Is there any strategies you have for helping yourself not get you know, kind of emotionally involved all the time to where you can do the things you need to do for yourself? Because I hear a lot of people say, I felt X, so I didn't do Y, or I feel Y, so I didn't do X. They allow their emotions to dictate their actions. How do you handle that for yourself?
1: I think it's a recognition of your thoughts, basically, recognizing that, especially when you are dealing with patients and their families and their the crises that they're going through, you have to you have to say, I'm doing the best that I can. I I'm helping the best that I can, but I also have to protect myself. I have to care for myself. So knowing basically that you are being supportive to them but also supporting yourself at the same time, also doing the things that would support yourself. And that does take a lot of downtime thinking it through. Like, could I have done something else? Could I have said something else? And you have to just accept what you said and really your limited control in other people's lives.
0: Yes, that's a huge one. And I think we can often if we're, you know, if if we're in those caregiving roles, we can sometimes allow the lines to get blurred between what is your responsibility and what is my responsibility. Like you just said, you have a limited amount of things you can really make somebody else do. You can see that they have crazy high blood pressure. You can see that they're not eating well, they're not exercising, but you as a nurse cannot force them to change, right? And so it's within your control to make them aware of these factors, but it's not within your control to alter them and make them adhere. Boundaries. <laughs> yes. My favorite word, boundaries. Yes. Okay. Boundaries. So, so what I'd love to go to, you said you got this medical diagnosis, high cholesterol mm-hmm. uh, a couple years ago. And then for some reason that seemed to have shifted something in your thought, what was the difference in you focusing on the weight loss in the last couple years based on that cholesterol issue versus what it was like all the times you tried it before
1: well what was interesting when i had my cholesterol checked i'm thinking it was like three years ago but i was actually down in my weight so i had always assumed that being thin meant that you're healthy
0: Mm, very good. And
1: I was I was down at that point, of course, probably barely holding on to the lowest weight that I had reached through whatever I was doing, I think probably slim fast or whatever. So, I realized I have to get healthy. I have to actually start eating properly, maybe taking fish oil or supplements or, or that sort of thing. And that's when I start. really when I started Weight Watchers two years ago, it was to learn to eat healthier because they, they were doing their Smart Points program and they, they said the fruits and vegetables were free or whatever. And I thought that's really what I need to do to be healthy. And that's, so I wasn't, uh, oh, and, and in between, I gained the 40 pounds back again. <laughs> right. By the way, by the way, somewhere between the losing the weight, getting the cholesterol checked, gained all the weight back, started Weight Watchers, and then decided this time I actually want to be healthy, thin, not, you know, unhealthy, thin. Love <laughs> Does that Makes sense?
0: You know, it makes perfect sense. There's two kind of different thought processes. There's the person who comes to me and health is not an issue. And they just want to eat what they're eating, but eat it in less quantities, and they just want their body weight to be lower, right? So this is somebody who's concerned about losing weight. They really aren't in a place where eating healthfully is a concern to them, and they just really want to achieve this one goal. And then I have the other people I work with where they believe that they should only be eating healthy food, but they might be eating a lot of it and their weight isn't coming down. And so really getting over that mental hurdle of just because you're eating healthy doesn't mean you can eat as much as you want. And the healthy foods are not going to transform your body. So I find like bringing people into that middle line where you're generally eating healthier foods, you're living within a caloric budget of some kind, and you're still learning to balance fun foods can be a really hard you know it's really hard sometimes to pull people into that when they're on either end of the spectrum so would you say all the times you lost weight before it was kind of the first scenario more the wanting the body to look a certain way but not being as concerned about the quality of the food and then you wanted to move more towards the other direction
1: oh absolutely and and i I did miss one weight loss method that I had tried, this intuitive eating, eat when you're hungry, stop when you're full kind of thing. I did that once and lost 40 pounds.
0: And <laughs> gained it back.
1: And, I gained it all back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because then I probably started eating, you know, because really stopping when you're full is just, it's not, it's not easy to do that. It's like, what does that mean? You know, I definitely cared about the way I looked and I wanted to lose weight, but really I just wanted to blend in. I really just wanted to blend in when I would lose weight. I, I wanted to just be normal, you know, as opposed to what happened to me when I was a child, you know, I, that was abnormal to me being big and breaking people's bones was abnormal. Right. <laughs> and this being thin was normal.
0: Could you give me An idea of what it looks like for you now as far as how you think about your food, how you make your decisions about your food versus maybe what you would have done before in one of your previous situations.
1: Oh my gosh. It's totally, I feel like I won the lottery. (laughs) I I feel, I feel great now when I made the transition. See, I'd lost 40 pounds on Weight Watchers. And when I joined the community, I uh, started counting calories and I did put on a little bit of weight, but now I feel great every day. I do the delayed gratification where I have a treat every single night, but I, I, fruits and vegetables into all my meals. I mean, it is vastly different. In fact, it the greatest thing about it is the fact that I really don't have to think about it that much. I mean, I've basically grown these habits over the last couple of years and i'm just living this way it's great i have an english muffin every morning with butter for <laughs> breakfast every day <laughs> it's yes. like i can't believe i can't believe i actually get to have this you know <laughs> i love it
0: well and what, what i think i'm hearing here is is ultimately the balance kind of what we were talking about before like you said having the treat every day and eating the fruits and the vegetables right it's the balance of both worlds and how is your cholesterol trending now now that you're eating more for like this health focus
1: oh it's great now everything's normal
0: everything's normal that's awesome so, congratulations Thank you. all right and so let me ask you this so this time that you lost the 40 pounds about how long have you been keeping it off this go-round
1: It's been two years that I've basically kept 30 of it off. I, and I sort of go back from like maybe I've kept 36 of it off at this point. (laughs) Hate to be too technical, but I sort of have, I'm on happy scale. So I, you know, uh, gently watch it go up and down. And, you know, <laughs> but I'm staying within where I want to be between 150 and 160. And I'm happy with that. My I'm happy.
0: So I so love this. And let me ask you this, would you say in the past, whenever that 40 pounds always came back on? Did you stop tracking your food? Did you stop watching the scale? Did you find yourself detaching from those things during those times?
1: It was like the next day after I would hit my goal weight, I would say, I'm thin now and I can eat whatever I want. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. But that is exactly what I did because I think somewhere in my brain, I thought that thin people can eat whatever they want and still maintain their weight, which doesn't make any logical sense. (laughs) Right. But, But that is exactly what I would do. And I would just ignore it until it all came back on again. And that that was, I mean, it sounds so illogical. And what I'm doing now is so logical. But, you know, I that's just the way it is.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. And sometimes you have to do it the really illogical way enough times to have enough examples to reflect on to say, man, I did it X amount of times this way. I've always gained the weight back and I constantly am having to do this. And maybe what I can assess from that is that doesn't work. And just that knowledge and power and that realization can be enough to open up a totally different path to travel down. And so obviously you had mentioned you joined the community, you've done the delayed gratification. At what point in your journey were you made aware of the podcast and the message of this idea of the maintenance mindset When did that come into play for you
1: that was two years ago
0: okay and so once you started listening to that because that would have been the prime time for you to stop tracking that would have been the prime time for you to stop weighing so when you were listening to the show and the message and all that kind of stuff how did that start to impact your journey differently what do you recall happening differently
1: well, I listen to every podcast, basically, and I would just keep your voice in my head all the time because I realized that the key was mindfulness of being aware because a lifetime of information of misinformation basically had to have time to readjust. So I knew that I had to give it my all and just sort of absorb and and soak myself in the new information. And that's what I did. I was on the community. I was listening to the podcasts and doing the challenges and and doing the courses, anything that I could to try to change my mindset and to keep myself mindful on a daily basis.
0: So let me ask you this. When you think about this journey now with the knowledge that you've acquired and, and kind of these lessons that you've learned Imagine yourself, weigh-in day, one of those prior moments versus this last go-around. What different things are going on in your mind now versus then?
1: Well, one of the things and one of the reasons why I don't weigh in at uh, Weight Watchers anymore is because they're, weight is only like 2 pounds where you can stray on either side before you have to pay and that was just too strict for me. I know it works for other people and I I totally get that, but for me the idea of having a range and getting on the scale every single day changes everything. Like I was so afraid of happy scale for the longest time. Like I did not want to weigh in every day because That was just a fear that I had. But when I finally got over that, I realized, wow, you really can't do that much damage in one day. I mean, you can, I guess, but if you get right back on it, you're not going to do that much damage. So that changed a lot for me. Just having basically it being my program, it being my Timeline, I get to weigh when I want to weigh, and I don't have to stand in front of anybody and them judge me and tell me I, I should weigh something. So. Right.
0: And so I'm imagining the older version of you, before you've had this knowledge of happy scale and all this stuff, you would have felt the pressure to still weigh in on either a weekly or monthly basis. And if you thought maybe your weight wasn't going to be where it needed to be, would that be the time you'd pull back and you would stop going? Oh, yes, mm.
1: Absolutely. But it's sort of like not a decision. It's sort of like, um, or maybe not a conscious decision it was mostly like with weight watchers before when i would almost get down to my my goal weight and not quite make it i would just sort of drift away start making excuses not to go in or if you had an, a bad night the night before you know you wouldn't want to go in or if you ate breakfast god forbid you know th- that day <laughs> yes. or you couldn't strip down to basically
0: your Nothing. to get
1: up on yeah. the scale
0: <laughs> yeah so or yeah. you didn't have a bowel movement that day I not going <laughs> Um, it's yeah, so true. It's it's those pre weigh in rituals that people do, right? And so, and I know because I used to do them. But so basically, once you took ownership and you said, "Here are my rules for myself. I'm going to weigh in every day, plug it in Happy Scale, watch my trend line, basically keep a, wa- a watchful eye on this." But I'm not going to. Keep myself accountable to rules that were created by this institution because they don't really they don't work for me. Right. And that that realization of that not working. So that would definitely be one massive change that sounds like happened between this revised version of you and the other one. The other thing I hear a lot and I'd love to hear you speak to this is people will email me and and even in the community. I just got one recently that's tried weight loss so many times She feels like she is broken, that she will never figure this out, that she's kind of a lost cause. I hear these kinds of phrases often. And there were times in my journey I felt that way, too. Mm -hmm. How many times can I do this and not be successful? What would you say to somebody who is struggling with that mindset? Because I'm assuming at some point you might have even entertained that idea, too.
1: Well, I think it has a lot to do with following someone else's program. Because then when you're following someone else's program, uh, you don't really take responsibility for yourself. You almost rebel if it's someone else's program. You definitely rebel. But I would say it doesn't really matter how many times you've tried. Just keep trying. You know, that's the thing. Because I finally kept this weight off. I'm finally at peace. Just, Just keep trying. And even though other things haven't worked you know, to keep pushing on because the thing is we have overcomplicated this weight loss thing so, so much. There's so many books or so many things out there, so many ways for people to make money off of us. And I think it's really, really important for us to realize that it isn't that complicated and to just start very, very small, very small habits that's the advice that I would give to anyone just start small. And you like you always say, and eventually the weight will come off just a little bit at a time, start where you are. If you're drinking soda, stop drinking soda, whatever it is, just start small. And at least you know that you're progressing day by day instead of going the other direction, which is where we've been a million times.
0: And what would you think about really reflecting on your past to learn from it? Because I think when we say that thing, right, I'm a lost cause, I've tried this so many times, I've not been successful. My first knee-jerk reaction to that is, what have you always done in the past? Let's look back at that and see what's not working for you, because you had already mentioned this idea of creating your own program and feeling rebellious about being on another program. Was there ever a moment where you reflected on your past and said, huh, you know, this is kind of how I always go about doing this? Was there a moment like that for you?
1: Oh, yeah. And I I still struggle with that. But I think having your goals written and you look at them all the time and know where it is you're going, it's great to look back. It really is. And I have a lot of things, you know, sad things to look back on and failures to look back on, too. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to fail today. Because a lot of times, too, we look at our past and we see all the negative things. But I bet there's some victories in there if you look in your past and say, well, wait, maybe it wasn't all failure. Maybe I did learn some things from this program. Like you always say about your toolbox, like maybe I did, you know, put some tools from that program or that program into my toolbox that I can use. So how can I learn from this and move forward? I'm not a lost cause. You know, I can do this. I mean, I'm alive, so I can do it.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Every day that you wake up, new choices can be made. And there's a great quote, and I'm going to totally butcher it, but it's something to the effect of a man can never step in the same stream twice and the idea being that the water is continuously running so when the man steps in it the first time the water is where the water is right but as the stream courses whenever he steps in it the second time it'll be different water and i feel like that we always assume we're going to do the exact same thing we always assume we're stepping in the same stream but as you age and as you do these things over time there's a lot of learning and change that occurs. Like I guarantee you right now, right, the you that I'm talking to is not the you of five years ago. Do you agree?
1: Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Thank God. (laughs) Yeah. And what happened in those five years, you slowly educated and morphed and tried new things. And so my point with this is you're never a lost cause because as long as you're capable of making a choice, as long as you're capable of learning, which we all are, then you're, you're always getting better and refining over time. Right. So love this. Okay. So now, is this the longest you've ever maintained your weight? Yes. Oh, I love that. Yes. Oh, great! Yes. All right, it's awesome. This is great. So you, this as long as you maintained your weight. And what is it that, like, if we were to say, because you did mention, and I agree with this, weight loss is a simplistic process. It is absolutely not easy. And the reason it's not easy is because our monkey minds get in the mix, right? Like, (laughs) shiny new object. Let me go try that. Oh, wait, I didn't see progress on the scale this week. Maybe I need to try X instead. We're constantly bouncing from thing to thing to thing in search of a faster way, in search of a better way or a way to hijack the whole process and make it easier or whatever. But the reality is, it is a very simple process. So for you in in maintenance now, what would you say your process is? Like, what are your fundamentals that you've got to do on a routine basis? And how do you kind of keep yourself in check? Well, mindset
1: is uh, a lot of it. Mindset, I try to live with abundance. And that—that that is the word that I think every single day, I think abundance, because one of the reasons why I've always had a hard time with weight is that I feel you know, this scarcity mentality. So I wake up and I think, I can have anything I want. I just have to sort of meter it out. <laughs> I just, whatever I want, I can fulfill all my dreams. I just have to figure out a way to do it. So I right. like to live with abundance. I track every single day on my Fitness Pal. I mean, it's just become such a habit. Um, I routinely go through and read the Diet Fix, and I listen to the old podcast And I'm on the, I'm on the community every single day, talking to my friends. Um, and uh, I do all the challenges. That was basically what you're asking. <laughs> How-
0: Right no that's great so yeah. so what it sounds like is you keep your mind in check and you it sounds like you've kind of tapped into one of your maybe Achilles heels which is that scarcity mindset around food and yeah. and really where I see that coming into play Can be with somebody who feels resentful of the process they feel like oh i can't have all the things i want and what i hear you saying is no you can absolutely have the things you want you just might not be able to eat them to excess right you have to kind of be aware of your calorie allotment and that kind of thing so being mindful and also this abundance mentality really does help by the way with binge eating not to say that you know we haven't talked about that in this particular podcast but i often see people who do struggle with binge eating Also struggling with scarcity around food. So when they finally do go into it, they tend to go all into it because they feel like, well, I'll just eat it today because tomorrow it will be gone. That scarcity mentality. So mindset number one, tracking every day. How do you make peace with that? Because one of the questions I hear a lot is, "Okay, I'm doing this to lose weight. Get that. But I don't know if I want to do this for the rest of my life. How do you accept that?
1: I have just made it a habit. I have made it a habit. At first, I was tracking points, and now I'm tracking calories, and I weigh and measure everything. Everybody laughs at me because I've, I put uh, uh, a half a tablespoon of regular half and half and two tablespoons of fat-free half and half in my coffee. You know, in my <laughs> And that's just the way I do it. I have made a commitment to myself to do this because really it's easy for the results that I'm getting. You know, it's an easy process and knowing that I'm keeping things in check.
0: And I guarantee you, as a nurse, no one's going to laugh at you for doing that with records for patients, right? Right, exactly. (laughs) And I guarantee you, nobody laughs at you when you sit down and do your budget every month and you end up making sure all your bills get paid, right? Right. It's interesting how people react to this when it comes to tracking food, But they don't react that way to anything else that also provides a positive outcome for somebody. And I just want to highlight that because a lot of people get so mired down in that. I don't want people to think I'm odd. I don't want people to pass judgment on me. But in reality, that says a lot more about them than it does about you, because I guarantee you if they were following you around on your shift, they would think you charting everything was completely normal. They would think you doing a monthly budget or weekly budget completely normal. They yield positive outcomes, and that's why you do them. So the tracking also yields a positive outcome, yet people want to pass judgment. So just keep that in mind the next time you're feeling those feelings well up of, Somebody may be judging you, that only usually applies to something they themselves struggle with. Right. All right. And then the diet fix and then checking in with the community. So in the world we live in, right, it's very hard in a way to choose this lifestyle versus, you know, eating whatever you want, drinking whatever you want and being whatever weight you end up. It requires a certain level of focus and concentration and ultimately support. Do you agree?
1: Oh, absolutely. 100%.
0: Yeah. And I feel like a lot of times, you know, we're not in a world that just, it, it doesn't lend itself to making moderate choices with food, getting in daily activity. Had you used community in any aspect in all those other times you tried to lose weight other than just initially going to the Weight Watchers meetings?
1: I think I tried to connect a little bit. And that was okay. And it probably made me a little bit more open to uh, the half size me community. But no, I mean, this is really the first time that I have surrounded myself, so to speak, with like minded individuals, and great friends, I might say.
0: And I got to tell you something. So this is interesting. You've done that. And now you've maintained your weight the longest you've ever done, right? Yes, I've done that and I've maintained my weight the longest that I've ever maintained it. So I was kind of like you when I would see the goal coming. It was like "Eh, I'm just not going to do any of this anymore. Right. Like (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, if, if I had been going to Weight Watchers, I would have quit long ago and said, oh, I can do this on my own. And what I've learned is that I have to be aware of this issue every day. I have to be willing to help others every day. And keep a certain level of connection in that world because there's going to be that inevitable day where you feel badly about a decision you made or you're feeling a little bit more scarcity than normal. And knowing that there's people there that get that, that you can share, you might not need it every day, but on the days you need it, you really need it. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, but I need it every day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there, there you go. You know that about yourself. I love that. I I do. Awesome. All right. So let's just pretend for one second, I'm sending you back in time and I could send you back to that eight year old version of yourself that had that initial issue with the parent. Or I could send you back to that 1314 version of yourself where you were starting to maybe do some unhealthy eating behaviors. Or I could have sent you back to the you of any time period. Where would you want to go and what message would you want to deliver to yourself?
1: Well, I would go back to that eight-year-old. I would say, you know, let's look at this situation. This person is not, you know, someone that you would want to listen to. Let's look at this objectively. Well, I don't know if an eight-year-old would listen to all that, (laughs) But, but try to just say, you are okay. You are okay the way you are. You are fine. You are a wonderful creation. You deserve to be here. Um, You shouldn't feel ashamed. You know, there's so much shame in that event. There's so much shame. And, you know, I think it was, it was really a feeling like I wanted to shrink, like I wanted to actually make myself small, because I felt so much shame. And I would just want to tell that little girl that you deserve to be here, you deserve to take up space.
0: Mm. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. And you know what's interesting? After hearing your story in particular, that's where I would have gone too. because I think about my kids. And if, God forbid, anything like that actually happened to one of my kids, I would hope they'd run in and tell me. I know they would. They'd run in and tell me, Mom, this just happened. And it would have given me that opportunity to have that exact conversation you just had, which is, first off, kind of dismissing this idea that they could have broken this kid's collarbone. There's so many different factors that could have played into that. But... We would have gone over, we would have made sure the kid was okay, we would have even offered to help maybe pay for them getting help, right? It would have felt like, I'm sure in that moment for you, a huge weight would have been lifted off your shoulders. And I think for you, that was a really big pivotal moment in your history. And so I agree. I think that would have been a stellar time to go back and just to kind of let this kid know this is not your fault. It, it, you know, these things happen and honestly, there's so many factors that are in there that that you will never really know, you know, whose fault it would have been, let alone for you to carry the burden of that responsibility. Right. Okay. So, you're in your maintenance journey, you're keeping your weight off. I'm assuming you've got a nice window for yourself and and for those people who feel like they have just repeated the cycle so many times and they're feeling kind of worn out by it, what would you say are just some simple action or habits that you have found to be helpful in your journey that maybe would be a good place for them to start?
1: I think definitely track where you are. Track don't don't judge. I think it was in the diet fix where Dr. Yanni said to to just just see where you are by tracking what you're eating every single day and without judgment. Just to see where you are, and that way you can say, "Hey, you know, this is how much I'm eating, and this is, you know, this is the weight that that uh, I'm at because of how much I'm eating. Maybe I can cut back a little tiny bit without without it hurting." I think that it's. I think small measurable habits. That is where I would start, just very small, and 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 we all. It's funny because whenever I tell people, people still ask me about like, well, how did you lose the weight and how did you keep it off? They just their eyes glaze over. Once I tell them how boring it is, this is what I do. If I gain a little bit of weight, I cut a hundred calories off of my of my count. Cal- you know, right? And it just seems so simple, but it really is simple. And don't let people lie to you and tell you that it's complicated. You can make small, measurable changes in your health. You just you just have to do one little habit at a time.
0: So love this. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you, my dear, for being willing to come on, share your story. Let us know how you've progressed through this entire process. And for those people who would like to reach out to you You and I had talked before I hit record that you were okay with them emailing me and me passing it on. Is that still good?
1: I would love to hear from whoever wants to
0: talk to me (laughs) love it so if you're listening to this episode and you would like to send janine a question or just you know some feedback you can email me and reference this podcast number and i will make sure she gets that oh my gosh well thank you so much my dear for your time and your willingness to share you are awesome and you have come so far in your journey i'm extremely happy for you
1: thank you for this opportunity heather
0: thank you for listening be sure to visit halfsizeme.com Check back often for your daily dose of inspiration because you are worth it. The information you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The host is not a medical professional. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program.